What's up, freaks? It's your boy, Marty Bent, here to introduce this episode of Tales from the Crypt. Matt and I had the immense pleasure of sitting back down with our very good friend, Jack Mallers. The man, the myth, the legend, the man in the hoodie. The legend in the hoodie. Talk all things that are going on at Strike right now. Uh, a lot of soul in this episode. A lot of soul came out in this episode. I love when the soul comes out. I think you freaks will, too. This episode is brought to you by our good friends at the motherfucking Cash App. Cash App, they're helping you stack sets. Stack sets. 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 Help you stack sets, send sets, receive sets, sell sets if you so please. They now have a sats back boost. If you have the cash card, you can get sats back if you initiate the boost. Sats are the standard on the cash app. We're no longer stacking fractions of Bitcoin. One Bitcoin is made up of 100 million Satoshis, or sats as we like to call them for short. So you don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. And we're not buying fractions of Bitcoin either. That's cheesy. We're buying whole sats. We're strong men. We buy whole sats. Thousands of sats. Ten thousands of sats. Strong women too. Stacking sats together in this beautiful world. Cash app enables it. On top of that, cash app could be your bank account. Get your paychecks direct deposited into the app. They have account numbers and routing numbers. You get your paycheck direct deposited into the cash app. You have your sats stacking DCA in. You can set it and forget it daily, weekly, bi-weekly. Just stack sats in the background. Connected to your paycheck. Full service there. If you haven't downloaded the Cash App and you're going to do so now, make sure you use the code StackingSats. That's S-T-A-C- S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. You're going to get $10, and $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. That's Owls Lacrosse. Woo! Woo! Not that dirtbag owl who actually says smart things every once in a while, but Owls Lacrosse, the bird. This episode is brought to you by our good new friends at Adams as well. All right, Adams, A-T-O-M-S, is a shoe company, a new shoe company doing incredible things, building shoes for the individual, the Bitcoiner, who has long time preference in mind. Okay, and these, these shoes, they, not only are they extremely comfortable and they form to your feet due to the, the dope soles that they have, uh, but the, it also comes in quarter sizes. So you don't have to get a 10 and a half, an 11, 11 and a half, you get a 10 and a half, 10 and three quarters, 11, 11 and a quarter. They really want to make sure that it fits perfectly to your foot. On top of that, staying on, uh, focusing on people with long time preferences. It has this microbial, my antimicrobial copper. I think that's how you say it. We know how I pronounce things here, uh, in the shoe that, that prevents smelly shoes. So if you're like a sweaty, smelly foot guy, this is the shoe for you as well. And if you're not, it's still the shoe for you. Um, on top of that, they accept Bitcoin. If you want to pay with these and sats, if you want to give back to the Bitcoin circular economy, the team at Adams will allow you to do that. So go check everything out. Go to www.adams.com, A-T-O-M-S.com slash T-F-T-C. Uh, if, you, if you decide to buy a pair of shoes using that link, you're going to get a free pair of socks at checkout. And socks are pretty damn good as well. Enjoy, freaks. Tiki. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that 
In a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Big week. All-time high. We have friends reaching out. Hey, let's go get lunch. We're at 40K. Uh, there's hedge fund managers dropping annual letters that are pumping Bitcoin. Uh, the OCC is coming out in favor of, it seems, Bitcoin and other node verification networks. Athletes are getting paid in Bitcoin. We're sending Bitcoin around the world instantaneously at no cost. What the hell is going on, Jack Mahlers? Yo, a lot's going on in the best way, in the best way. I'm so happy to be here. I love you both. Um, you guys are my best friends and little do you know. You're in my ears 24-7. And so I'm happy to be here. What a time to be a Bitcoiner. What a time to hate cuck bucks. And uh, <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. How are you both? Just trying to take it all and trying to keep my zen. I wrote about the protocol today. I didn't touch on price. I think Anthony Towns wrote a good uh, blog post yesterday. I wanted to get that to the freak. So trying to look away from the charts, even though it's it's extremely hard. It's fucking impossible. Yeah, that's the that's the best life to live, though, is when staying humble takes an immense effort. That means you're doing something right. <laughs> right? Well, I mean, it is crazy. Like the 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 events that I just listed off. I mean, like two of which you've been front and center uh, and I guess we're going to get into it, but just like in terms of a culmination of events, whether it be Russell coming out announcing his partner with strike to, to take half his paycheck uh, in Bitcoin. Now we have Stripe global, uh, but on top of that, like news from the OCC and then everything going on outside of Bitcoin with the, the, the bum rushing of the capital yesterday. Uh, it's crazy timing and the price is obviously going parabolic right? 39 two three right now which is which is insane I, I, I this is like the most action in the bitcoin world i've experienced in some time like even 2017 um i yeah i mean looking at a chart doesn't make any sense but you know i think it's so funny because you can listen to tftc rips years ago and we all called it we all called it um <laughs> death to cuck bucks that <laughs> government's going to dismantle itself that none of the world we're living in makes any form of sense any logical person would look around and be like what the fuck is this mess and it's all happening and as much as we tried to prepare for it you still cannot emotionally prepare for what we're going through um it's so fascinating it's such an interesting time uh i've been expecting everything that's going on for years and now that it's happening i still am in absolute awe um, and so as weird as it is, I, I know, you know, 2020 was such a, a weird year and a lot of it was negative and horrible. Um, but I wouldn't trade it for anything else. And I mean that, and that I feel lucky and humbled to be alive right now as grueling as it is. Um, I feel like we're all part of such significant change for humanity. I really believe that. And, and I, I feel humbled to be selected as like a soldier almost, to be a part of it and go through it together. And I think the other side is going to be glorious. So, uh, it, but with that being said, it's, it's absolutely bizarre. I, it really makes me think, <laughs> did my grandfather go through shit like this? Because this is just out of bounds. <laughs> right. No, I mean, I agree. 2020 was a shitty year, but maybe we shouldn't trade it for anything because 2020 your printer go burr and people, uh, losing what little 
confidence they had left in their institutions pretty pretty rapidly uh, has led a lot of people from all walks of life to have aha moments around Bitcoin. And it seems like last couple months, last few weeks even, particularly, we've hit some sort of weird tipping point where everything's just coming together. That's Yeah. I mean, can we like, I, I may offend people with this um, and I don't mean to, but can we talk about the fact that a weird version of the flu absolutely ruined the planet? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's insane. A weird version of the flu ruined the planet required every business to shut down, required people to go broke and required the federal reserve to lose its mind and essentially nominate a new world reserve asset. And we didn't get hit by a missile. We didn't get hit by a meteor. (laughs) Aliens didn't come in encroach on us. We literally had a a variation of the flu that blew up everything around us. That doesn't scream instability and a, a lack of order um, and, you know, doing everything wrong, then I don't know what does. It's, it's so, so conceptually insane. <laughs> so you're the only one of the three of us that have had COVID, right? You had COVID last yeah. month. Oh, yeah. I can like... What was that like? You mentioned it in passing yesterday in the AMA. Uh, it, it was fine. I mean, my, my immediate take is this is what's shutting the world down and ruining lives. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it was the flu. It was the flu. Yeah. The only weird thing was, uh, I lost my sense of smell and taste. That was super bizarre. I did a taste test. Of, did you uh, get it back? Yeah, it's, it's fully back. I got, it's a whiskey. I tasted whiskey, Gatorade, uh, lemonade and hot sauce. And I couldn't tell the difference between any of it. I was just like drinking hot sauce, like water. It was weird. Um, but no, I mean, I, it was, I couldn't believe that uh, that shut the world down and, and uh, like, would, uh, would I be concerned if my grandfather got that? Yeah, of course. I'd also be concerned if my grandfather got on the highway. I mean, like, what are we talking about? I'd be concerned if my grandfather got on a fucking roller coaster. I mean, the, the loops on a roller coaster may give him a heart attack. So don't put him on a roller coaster. I, like, he shouldn't go to bars. He could get COVID. He could get hit by a car. Um, I couldn't believe it. I had the flu for a week. I took vitamins. I uh, called my parents. Uh, my friends gave me soup. And then here I am now. So anyways. You heard it here COVID. first. Jack hates old people. Uh, <laughs> you heard it here first. No, I mean, it's completely insane. It, it highlights. I mean, again, like we, I, I as well feel very humbled and blessed to be uh, doing this small part, whatever it is we're doing here in the Bitcoin space, but it really highlights the need for Bitcoin 2020 did at least. And the centralization of power, whether it be top down from the world health organization, state governments, whatever it may be, tech industry, censoring stuff really highlighted the, the centralized nature of our institutions and how fickle and unstable they are. I mean, yesterday being somewhat of a crescendo, right? Even though it's 2021. Yeah, I think there's this, this overwhelming sense of anxiety around the world um, because you don't know what you're going to wake up to. I mean, we woke up to uh, protesters running through the White House. I mean, that is just, I, I don't know what I'm looking at anymore. And as crazy, I know for years we're like, well, you know, the Bitcoin protocol, the consensus rules, they can't change from under you. They're defined. <laughs> you can trust them. 
And that was kind of a meme and it was kind of a nerdy thing to say, well, how about now? How about now where you wake up, you don't know what the fuck's going on. You may bump into a weird, weird version of the flu. The government's going to announce weird shit. Your president's getting banned on Twitter. Uh, how about a distributed protocol where the rules don't change? I, I, I sit down at my computer. I go to work. I look at my node and I feel I just uh, big exhale of this is comfortable. I know that my node's going to validate blocks. Consensus rules aren't going to change. I know exactly how many Bitcoins are being issued today and it's a safe place to be. Uh, and so I'm, I'm at awe of how beautiful this is timing for Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the safest place to be. The network is the safest, most uh, verifiable, uh, guaranteed place to hang out in Bitcoin is the safest place to store your wealth. And it's painfully obvious at this point. I mean, look at a chart. Uh, so yeah, we've like, been saying this for fucking years, years and everyone laughed us out of the room like we were fucking crazy. And now people like Scott Minard are just like dropping it on fucking Bloomberg and no one bats an eye. Years. And uh, it's it's remarkable, man. I mean, the safety and sats thing and I'm on Fox News and I just phrase it a little bit different. Right. <laughs> but it's the same point. Right. It's the same thing. My dad told me I was 18 years old in 2013. He explained all of this to me. Uh, but I think that's how the world and markets work is that uh, the incentive has to be there. And so those that went out of their way when the incentive wasn't there and, and saw the future, understood Bitcoin and got there first are going to be immensely rewarded. And everyone else is acting on incentives. The world is deteriorating in front of our eyes. And uh, I think they don't have a choice at this point, whether you like Bitcoin or not, whether you're mad I'm in a women's closet or not. You don't have a choice. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yes, free, free freaks can't see Jack is recording in a woman's closet. Uh, yeah. A very luxurious one at that. But that's one thing I wanted to bring up and mention. You've been killing the media scene, the mainstream media scene. You're on Fox Business News. Like you mentioned, Cheddar is absolutely crushing those interviews with with lucid big orange pills which has been incredible to see i think your fox business news interview particularly talking about russell and describing how like he's putting his life on the line and the dollar's just not respecting that that risk that he's taking you even yeah. took it another level in the cheddar one the cheddar one you have, i thought the fox business one was fucking hardcore and then you just dropped even bigger bombs on the cheddar one yeah well i I'm so happy to be on this podcast because you, this audience and this podcast is more like my friends than anything else. And uh, I can give you guys some hilarious inside scoop on these. So I went to Scottsdale, Arizona as a normal 26 year old to hang out with friends for new years, right? Like I was planning on getting wasted and enjoying the fact that uh, I was right about cuck bucks and sats <laughs> and um here I was all of a sudden, I couldn't stay at the Airbnb with my friends. I had to get a hotel because all the media wanted to talk and NFL players were calling me nonstop and I was launching this global remittance product. So I'm like, all right, fuck, I got to go to a hotel. I can't hang out with these kids anymore. So I'm in a desert in a hotel and uh, Fox is like, hey, we want to put you on TV in an hour. Are you ready? So I run down to the lobby. I'm like, you guys have like business meeting room. You have Wi-Fi. They're like, Wi-Fi? Ah, we give you a margarita. Like, <laughs> God damn it, this shitty fucking desert Scottsdale, Arizona. You guys don't have Wi-Fi, you have margaritas. So I'm on like hotspot Wi-Fi. Uh, and right before it starts, um, my head of operations, one of my best friends in the world, uh, Dylan, runs shout up to me. Yeah, shout out Dylan. Marty shout met Dylan. Dylan. Yeah, he he's, was a no-coiner three years ago, and I 
grabbed him by the collar and now he's head of operations of Zap and he's, he's the man. And uh, he runs up. He's like, I got to bother you. And I'm losing my mind. I'm like, dude, I'm going on fucking TV. I don't have Wi-Fi. This is so fucked. And he's like, Jack, I know I'm sorry, but we just got an email from the NFL. Like they're trying to sue us or something. <laughs> and I was like, what, what the fuck? And so I, I got pomp in, in one ear and people in the Fox in the other. And they're like, uh, here are the questions we're going to ask. You should advertise your product. Uh, you should talk slowly. And I, I remember telling Pomp and Dylan, I was like, you know what, man? I don't give a shit. I'm not here to talk about Zap. I'm going to let them know that what Russell's doing is because the Federal Reserve is inflating all of our dreams away. Uh, and I'm going to tell America exactly what they need to hear. And then two seconds later, I went live. So that's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for Dylan putting that NFL inspiration in your ear. Yeah. It's so yeah. true. I mean, it is, it's crazy that that dream became a reality for Russell, particularly because what he tweeted in May of 2019 and 15 months later, it's happening. So how, how's it, let's, I guess, jump into that. How did you and Russell link up and, and make this happen? Yeah. Uh, the Russell thing, he FaceTimed me, gosh, um, six months ago, eight months ago as a friend, as someone who we just obviously connect on the internet, just like the three of us have and you're just like you get it you understand uh i support you you support me and uh it's just a simple friendship and then uh as time went on this is like before strike was a thing right just good people doing good things supporting each other uh and then strike becomes this bitcoin native neobank thing and uh he's like dude i've been trying to get paid in bitcoin try to convince the chargers talking to the nfl now i'm on the panthers and i think i can do it uh if you mind helping me out uh, and that was all I needed to hear. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'm going to go on another one of my rants is, is that, you know, what Russell is so smart. He's such a leader. He's the most humble leader that, you know, we don't deserve, but desperately need. What he understands is that he's living life at a loss. We all are. If you receive and hold and save in us dollars, your life is deteriorating right in front of you. Everything you've dreamed of. And the CPI is a bold-faced lie. Uh, I don't dream of Netflix subscriptions. I don't dream about Caesar salads. I get up in the morning and turn my alarm off even when I want to sleep in because I want a big house. I commute to work when I'm tired and chug coffee even if it tastes like shit because I want to go on vacation. I want a hot girl. I want a hot wife. I want people to love me. I care about me. I want to com commit and contribute to society and get rewarded for it. And it's not fair that no matter how hard I work, no matter how long my commute is, no matter how nice I am to the boss I hate, that I'm never going to get the things that I dream of. And people don't understand that. And now you're talking about people that live their entire life in debt. You're talking about 18 year olds that are subscribing to $500,000 in debt before they can legally drink a beer. That's bullshit. That's not fair. And people's lives right in front of them are deteriorating at a rapid pace and there's not anything they can do about it. And in particular for professional athletes, it's even more not fair. Ignore the dollar value. I know Russell can buy big houses and stuff, but this guy sacrifices his health for his family, for himself, for all of us to entertain all of us. I mean, the NFL smuggles the uh, concussion stuff like no one's business. I mean, these guys are getting murdered to play this sport. 
and his life is deteriorating right in front of him. I mean, let's take an example of a contract, a five-year, $100 million contract. In five years, $100 million is worth $50 million. Or in five years, your $100 million, everything that you want to spend it on is twice as expensive. Phrase it however the fuck you want. It's not five-year, $100 million contract. It's five-year, $100 million contract with 15 to 20% asset inflation annually. Add that part to the contract. And this is a guy then that his agent takes a cut, his asset manager takes a cut, his real estate agent takes a cut. And at the end of the day, he's sore, he's hurt, he's got concussions, he's bleeding. And for what? He has, to, I mean, he's, he's worked his whole life for this and God forbid he gets injured. God forbid he tears his ACL and the NFL never picks up another phone call of his. He didn't finish college to commit his life to this sport, right? He doesn't have anything else. And he's, he, Russell's doing such good work for this nation, for himself, for his family, and he has every right to protect that. And the fact that the NFL doesn't support that is fucking bullshit. It's modern-day slavery. It's fucking nonsense. The NFL can suck my dick. Get the fuck out of here. And so, yeah, when Russell called me, I did everything I could to make sure that when he got home from practice and he was sore, all he wanted to do was have sats in his cold storage and spend time with his wife. He didn't want to talk to an asset manager. He didn't want a real estate agent shilling him fucking commercial real estate. And the, the dream vacation they're going on is getting 20% more expensive every single year. He wanted sats on his cold card and he wanted wine with his wife. And he has every right to do that. And so that's what I fucking did. Boss, right? And you're, you're hitting on something that a lot of people want to shy away from like the dark side of professional sports and short-lived careers where yes, their, their contracts may be high and lucrative for, for a certain amount of time, but it's pretty well documented that that securing that wealth and maintaining it uh, once you're out of the league, whether it be the NFL or other leagues is, is proven to be uh, not so straightforward. And the NFL really doesn't help out that much once, once they're done using your body for, for a certain amount of time. It's the dark side of life. It, it is in exemplifying, it's really important for athletes to set this stage because the way their employers treat them and the risk that they put on themselves, their bodies, their careers, their brands, their family is immense. But it, this is the same for every individual. You're going to, 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 the, to the kid that's my age, that's busting his ass in sales. You're going to work the next 40 years and do everything you can and blink and nothing's going to change. In fact, it's going to get worse. The house you want, you'll never be able to own. You'll always have a mortgage. Your education, you'll always be paying back. Your medical shit, you'll never be able to afford. You're going to be in debt and owing to society forever, unless you exit, unless you protect yourself. And if you want to do that in real estate, fine. You want to take 15% of your paycheck and somehow allocate that to commercial real estate, real estate to protect your wealth. Good luck. I don't know how the fuck you're going to do that, but good luck. You want to store gold bars in your closet in an effort to protect yourself. Go for it. At this point, I'm not even going to convince you. You do that. You do that. I'm going to go live in massive citadels in Chicago and you stuff gold bars in your fucking underwear drawer. Or you can use what is so clearly the future, what is a solution that was engineered to solve this problem. We built this, we as the community, as human beings, as society, engineered this thing 
and memed it into existence to protect ourselves and to solve this exact problem. So Russell's setting this example, not only for athletes, for everyone. This is a problem everyone has. And now it's, a, it's on a global stage. It's front page news and it's a huge deal. And we built this solution. Don't compare us to gold. Gold is fucking minerals. Don't compare us to a fucking brick building down the block. No, we built this with our bare hands for humanity to solve this problem and continue this human race in a positive light because this was an absolute disaster that I was born into. And we built this to fix it. And it shouldn't even be compared to anything else. This is a solution we engineered. I'm, f- I'm fired up. Man. The soul, the soul coming out right now. God damn Fucking it. beautiful. It pisses me off. It really does. The NFL emailing me that I can't tweet about Bitcoin. Fuck you. You Get can't the tw- fuck out of That's here. That's what they said. You can't tweet about Bitcoin. They're upset that uh, I was using their brand and their name. I wasn't using shit. We don't have a direct relationship. We never would. I stand for completely different things. I am proud that I oppose you because you're fucking full of shit. And Roger Goodell, I hope you're listening to this. Fuck you. Roger actually is a listener. He, uh, he's Seriously, emailed me before. I think you're a bad boss. I don't think you're good at what you do. You should support your players more. You shouldn't hide concussions, injuries. I mean, th- these big corporations, they prey on individuals. And if I, you know, me, Dave Portnoy, all of these people that stand up for the common man, what are you going to tell me that I can't support Russell and allow him to pervert, preserve his wealth and what he wants? What the, what world are we living in? You've got to be kidding me. I, I, as soon as the NFL, I, I got off that Fox business interview. Here's some more inside scoop. I called my dad and I cried. I was like, dad, I'm out of gas. I mean, I can't go in a lawsuit with the NFL. And then 15 minutes later, he called me back. My lawyers called me back. We're all on the phone and we're all at the same time. We're like, you know what? Fuck the NFL. Who do they think they are? They're going to throw me in jail because I gave Russell Bitcoin? Get yeah. the fuck out of here. So yeah, I'm fired up, man. I'm well, so fired up. We'll get on the front lines against the NFL with you. Yeah. Um, I know on. I know a few people who have uh, handcuffed themselves to the NFL headquarters. We can ask for some, <laughs> some advice. I love that. I mean, that was awesome. The whole point, the whole point of your setup at Strike with with the pay me in Bitcoin setup, the the paycheck program in in Strike, is is that it's employer agnostic, right? It's like this idea that people have wanted to get paid in Bitcoin regardless of their profession for years now, and obviously their employers are still dragging their feet. They want to pay them in 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 U.S. dollars or whatever their local fiat currency is. This the 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 whole reason you set it up the way you did was so that the employer doesn't matter. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't go through HR. Don't try and convince your boss that stacking sats is the way and that he should hold it on his balance sheet and whatever. If you can, great. That's probably even better. But if not, just get your direct deposit and what the amount you want to save, set it in your settings and we'll puke it out to your cold storage. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing as stacking sats. Everyone knows that. I mean, people are tweeting at me like, dude, this is a novel. I've been stacking sats for years. I'm like, I'm not saying it's novel. It's a different way to think about it. And it was a solution I built for someone who asked for it. But the point still stands is money that you're not using to operate your life needs to be protected, preserved, and saved. And your savings, your savings is important and it's representative of the quality of your life, right? Like when we talk about money and, and energy, money is energy, like Michael Saylor says. And 
you, you want to keep a full battery. Your, your full battery allows you to do anything with your phone, right? You want to play a racing game. You want to make an international <laughs> phone call. You want to send a Snapchat. You can't operate life on 1%. People that operate paycheck to paycheck and that their savings are dwindling away from them is a phone on 1%. And my phone is fully fucking charged and 100% battery and it's plugged in. And, right? and, and, and that's what you want. So, so the money that you're not saving, um, it needs to go to your battery. It needs to be protected for the future. I want to make sure that the house I want to buy in 20 years is accurately priced. And how do I do that? As I save in sats. Houses are going down in cost for me. Why? Because I hold Bitcoin. Houses are going up in cost for you. Why? Because you have dollars in your checking account. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's what the product is about is you should get your direct deposit and how much do you want to save? And we'll puke it out to your cold card. And it's really that simple. So nuts and it needs to happen. It needs to begin happening. And I think again, getting back to your passionate rant earlier, like Bitcoin's going to help society find its soul again. Like like the amount of passion that you just exerted there talking about how we're all being robbed by all this. People know this inherently. And until last year, like we were saying earlier, like for how shitty it was, maybe it was the, the shoulder shake that the, the world needed more people are turning to Bitcoin and realizing, hey, it may fix this. And particularly for that pe- amount of people or that cohort of people living on 1%, like they, they, they don't have the opportunity to even think about three weeks, four weeks out. And they're, they're constantly on that struggle for the next paycheck, the next meal. And that just puts a great amount of people in a, in a dark place. You can't even think optimistically when that is your reality. Yeah, it sucks, man. And uh, looking around me, so like as as a guy in his twenties, you know, I guess before COVID, you'll go to a bar and you've got the guy who's spending thousands of dollars on bottle service. He's got a Gucci bag. He's got a Louis Vuitton belt, and he's got pearly white shoes. And I'm like, bro, your battery's on one percent. What are you doing, man? I'm at Club you... Paris, dude. I'm yeah. at Club Paris. Why your battery's draining? You know, next week if you get fired, you're gonna, your phone's gonna die. What are you doing buying bottle service and stuff? Charge your battery. But that's just the result of. Uh, I mean, it, it's a domino effect. If you're gonna inflate everything around us, you're gonna make holding cash in my checking account worthless as the seconds go by. I'm gonna spend it. And then you get into these virtue and social signaling of where, where is it being spent? Who's cooler? You know, you want to, you want to announce to the world, uh, I'm, I've solved this problem. I, I will be able to afford a house. I will be able to afford to go to Harvard University because that's what we're dealing with. It's, it's, it's an absolute fear of being able to live out your dreams. You know, who, who in modern day without Bitcoin uh, is able to grow up and, and uh, live and do the things we all aspire to do? The 1%, the NBA player. It, everyone else, you get robbed. It gets taken away from you by the Federal Reserve. And so, yeah, you look at all these people, I feel terrible, but uh, it, it's, it's modern day slavery that uh, you're, you're living on 1% battery, your phone's gonna die. You know, this analogy I'm making is, is that y- you have no preserved and protected wealth uh, and, and you're a slave to that around you. And I think nowadays and in the future, people are gonna charge their battery. And instead of buying bottle service and Louis belts and getting rid of your cash, um, because you have to, uh, you should protect and preserve your wealth and sats and charge your, charge your battery, protect your wealth and protect the quality of life that you have the right to live. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like, like, here's the last thing I'll say, 
everything around all of us Bitcoiners is getting cheaper. The vacation that I want to go on next year, it used to be what, like half a Bitcoin. Now it's 0.01 Bitcoin, right? I mean, everything around me is getting cheaper. Jack. The Citadel I want, the fucking vacation I want to go on, the car I want to drive. A million um, sats, the- Jack, a million sats, okay? Yeah, I mean, sorry. Go with the sorry. program. My bad, a million sats. I mean, it, it's, it's ridiculous. Everything that I want to do is getting cheaper by the day. Why? Am I some genius? Was I born this way? Am I the Prince of England? No, I just preserve and protect the quality of my life in Bitcoin and sats and everything for the guy next to me that refuses to believe in Bitcoin, that's in college debt, that has bottle service and his phone battery and his life is on 1%. Everything's for him is getting more expensive at 15 to 20%. If you're not getting a 15 to 20% raise per year, then your life is deteriorating and getting shittier no matter what. I don't care what girl you're sleeping with. I don't care what job you have. I don't care what bottle service you got. Your life is getting worse and there's nothing you could do about it. And so that's super fucking important. And thank you, COVID or whoever we need to thank for allowing this stage and allowing people to put microphones in front of my face and go on TV. Uh, however we got here, I'm thankful for it because it's about damn time. Well, uh, I get fired up every time and I'm well, sorry. It's, it's all good, dude. And that's like <laughs> what I think. So that's one half of the announcement this week where you're talking about culturally athletes getting into Bitcoin as a store of value. And that, that narrative should begin permeating throughout society more and more is that, Hey, stack sats, it's going to respect your, your life force better than, than the cuck bucks. Then number two, so that, that attacks the incumbent system from the monetary good aspect. But what I love about the two, two announcements from strike this week is that they're, they're different in that way. The first one with Russell's really reinforcing the store of value, but then with strike global, not only is it a good token, a good store of value to, to store your wealth in, but it's also a rail that competes with ACH transfer wise. And now that lightning exists, it can actually improve another part of, of that system that's sort of separated from the monetary aspect of it, which is the actual flow and money transfer mechanisms, which Strike is also innovating on. Yep. Yeah. So what we were talking about up to this point is Bitcoin, the asset, uh, Bitcoin and, and sats, they're an asset that has the ability to protect your wealth and protect the quality of your life, improve the quality of your life. Bitcoin, the asset operates on its own network. It's an open network. And they're two different things. What Bitcoin, the network achieves is, I mean, it's remarkable. I mean, we can move a physical instrument, real physical value that's natively digital and inherently global anywhere in the world at any time. Um, And then with Lightning, Lightning, this new layer that we've built on top of it, gives this natively digital asset instant final settlement, instant cash finality, instant clearance in real time and at no variable cost. I can set up a node on the other side of the world, open a channel to myself and swing physical value in less than a second and for free at any time. Doesn't matter. And it's also the most inclusive monetary network of all time. How many monetary networks do you know operate anywhere in the world equally? Does PayPal work the same here as it does in Guatemala? Nope. Does a lightning node work the same in Chicago as it does in Guatemala? Yes. It's agnostic to the world around it. It's the most premier monetary network of all time. And it achieves everything 
faster, cheaper, and more global and at a better scale than any other monetary network that exists. And people don't understand that Visa is a monetary network. Square is a monetary network. PayPal is a monetary network. Chime is a monetary network. So is Bitcoin. They're competitive. And an open network, I mean, how many people are working on the Bitcoin network versus the PayPal network? You think PayPal can employ enough people to outcompete the Bitcoin network? Nope, no chance. So an open network is going to win. And so Strike's goal was always to plug in to the Bitcoin network and to be the Square or the PayPal or the Chime on top of the Bitcoin network. You know, pay- PayPal is ACH plus the PayPal network. Strike is ACH plus the Bitcoin network. Um, and so what we did was if I can achieve instant settlement and global clearance in real time, I can send any amount of physical value anywhere for free at any time, 24 seven, 365. Well, then why am I paying any money for cross-border payments? Cross-border payments is probably the most outdated technology in humanity when it comes to finance. I mean, for me to get money to my employee in Ireland, it takes a week and it costs me 10%. What fucking year is it? 1800. I mean, it's ridiculous. And now we have an open monetary network that just absolutely solves that. And so that was always my goal was strike. I mean, first I had to launch it in the US. I had to make sure I had to get the license. I had to make sure that what I was thinking and dreaming about in bed was realistic and achievable. And then as soon as I did that, it was, you know, all gas go. It was all right, well, let's fucking do it. And so, uh, yeah, I'll stop there wherever you want to take this. But I think it's a, a massive step forward for the human race um, that we're utilizing this novel monetary network to improve on the last, gosh, I don't know, thousand years. Yeah. 24 seven settlement, 365, like that alone, the movement of collateral, just having that ability is massively um, beneficial for the market and a step function improvement. But when you add second layers and instant settlement on those layers, that's takes it to a whole nother level. Matt, I know you want to step in. Um, so, I mean, I love the vision. Uh, I just want to unpack this a little bit. Uh, so, I mean, I think free is an overstatement, right? Like it's, it's way, way, way cheaper than traditional monetary networks. Um, and you have interoperability there, which is a nice advantage, right? But there's still obviously costs implied. I mean, the ones I'm thinking about is like conversion costs, like the last mile conversion costs. You go from U.S. to to Bitcoin and then go to Bitcoin to pesos. Like there's going to be a spread there. Um, liquidity, just like locking up funds. Um, and then the big one historically with Bitcoin, people interacting between traditional finance and Bitcoin is like chargeback and fraud risk, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, you're right. I'm a marketing free of course, everyone's like, oh, you're over-marketing. Yeah, I'm over-marketing. I mean, what, my job, I'm a salesman, right? Like, <laughs> my job. Um, the, the, the free is that I can set up a node anywhere in the world, open a private channel, and there's no intermediary that can step in and charge me shit. I can right. physically clear and settle value on my own time at my own cost. Uh, as a business, yes, we actually, the free part is true right now. Um, so we do, I mean, strike here in the U.S., without this killer app, just people stacking sats, buying gift cards. We do so much volume. It's blowing me away. It's hard to keep up with. We do millions and millions of dollars. We purchase millions of dollars worth of Bitcoin a month just to keep up with strike users. So our counterparties that are helping us live and automate trade. So where we're buying the Bitcoin from, they actually don't charge us anything. So 
you know, I know everyone's like, well, I, on Coinbase Pro, I pay 25 bips to execute a trade. So I know you are. No, I'm not. I have a private relationship with various OTC desks. And the reason they take us on for free is this is golden flow for them, right? If I know that Strike users on general, on average, are spending $150,000 worth of Bitcoin a day, I can use that flow to make profit and pick off and, and, and uh, counterbalance other flow. And so this is golden retail flow that has no uh, directional bias to the market. And so our counterparties don't charge us anything, actually. It's a blessing that we give them this flow. Uh, and so in that part, our execution between the dollar and the euro and all of these things is actually free. Now, to Matt's point, it probably won't be, quote unquote, free for long, because at once we get to $10 million a month, $100 million a month, we're going to have to put in some basis point spread to protect our balance sheet, not to make profit. Uh, so we eventually will. But to, again, to Matt's point, it's going to be immensely cheaper. It'll be like 10 basis points. Wait. 10 basis points will protect my balance sheet. That For those that don't know what a basis point is, that's 0.1%. Um, and so once I achieve an immense scale, which looks like it's coming over the next few months, um, we'll, we'll have to do that. Yeah, cost, cost to lock up capital. I actually want to do that one last because it's actually super fascinating. Um, but uh, no, when I say free, I do mean it truly that the protocol, there's no intermediaries. You can do anything you want for free. And as a business, uh, we'll have to incur costs. The, the fraud stuff we've actually done an amazing job with already. I mean, Strike's operative live right now in the United States, and we still don't charge anything. It's a engineering. It's something you can solve with engineering. So that is going to get driven down no matter what. Um, um, I mean, so. I appreciate the candid response. I mean, that's a fantastic response. Uh, I, to be clear here, the the monetary networks you're competing with that you've named uh, previously, Cash App, you know, one of our sponsors, PayPal, Venmo, um, they've historically competed on the on the free consumer on the consumer level their payments are all free even though there's obviously hidden costs they eat those costs in the beginning to basically build up network value right to, to get people like in their system um so i i see that strategy relatively similar here that i, I think i guess the bigger question is is the the coolest part about something like strike in this element compared to the traditional monetary networks is you're plugging in to a global interoperable network, um, so the so the switching costs aren't as high. You know, you don't have that lock-in, right? So I, I think there's going to probably, and I I wonder if you agree, like there'll, there'll probably be strong competitive pressure to keep consumer-facing fees as low as possible. That's absolutely correct. Smart guy, Matthew. That's correct. And uh, yeah, the fact, I mean, to your point, when I talk to uh, potential investors or people that are interested in the business. I mean, our margins for everything is like 99.99%. I mean, I, it doesn't cost me anything to do anything I'm doing, right? Like, oh man, moving dollars to euros in the same second uh, must cost you a fortune. It doesn't cost me shit. If I were to charge 50 basis points for that, all of that is net profit. It's insane. It's insane. The only cost that I have as a business is paying in the smartest people in the world to build it. Um, and so, uh, no, you're, you're spot on, man. You're spot on. And uh, I think the point about the need to have to lock up capital uh, and put money into this monetary network to execute on what we're discussing is a super fascinating one because it, therein lies the reason it's better, right? Like for transfer wise, 
what they're doing. The reason strike is better is that you can think of the capital that we have, the way I explained it initially to my employees is treat these sats like soldiers. They're like little soldiers that are going to carry out a task that you want. So if I want to send $100 on a Sunday night to London and have it received as British pounds instantly and within a second, what I'm essentially asking is I'm asking a bunch of sats to run as soldiers. I said, soldiers, here's your task. You guys have to go to London and find liquidity in the British pound and get my friend Tom in London, British pounds. Do you mind? And they say, Jack, absolutely. Let's get to work. And they run across the Atlantic Ocean in real time and land in London, these little soldiers, in less than a second. And they didn't charge me anything to do that. Said, I said, how much do I owe you for you guys running across the ocean? Oh, no, don't worry about it, Jack. This protocol is free. <laughs> and they land in London and they say, hey, you know, we're Bitcoin. We need British pounds for Tom. Good thing that Bitcoin is the most liquid global commodity ever. It has liquidity in every single currency, 24-7, 365. This market doesn't close. So getting British pounds for these little sats is easy. And we give Tom the British pounds and maybe Tom sends the little soldiers to El Salvador and maybe El Salvador sends them to Australia and Australia sends them to Africa, but they're just little soldiers running around the world executing on tasks that we need. Uh, and the more like fancy way headline way to say it is they're achieving final settlement cash finality and instant clearance in real time globally at no cost. And, and it's awesome. It's awesome. So yeah, we do have to lock up capital on the network, but not a ton because these little soldiers scale so well. They're able to execute a task in London and then execute a task in Central America and then execute a task in Australia, the same little soldier in like the same 30 seconds, in the same time that's taking me to explain it, you know? So it scales so well. You'd think I'd have a lot of capital on there, but not as much as maybe you'd intuitively think. It's a, it scales tremendously. Um. Like how, so how much are you thinking about things like lightning pool where if you do like, so like Amazon subsidizes its retail business with the web services drives, they drive a lot of the profits into the retail. So they can keep prices low. So people keep shopping at Amazon. Mm -hmm. Do you see you being able to do that too with your global strike users and just strike users in general, maybe buying to push down their fees, uh, just operate a like lightning pool liquidity book that, that's where it drives profits. Just an idea. Percent, yeah, a hundred percent. Generally speaking, the consumer is never the target customer for a business like ours. Almost never, uh, right? And um, so, yeah, we want to make services free and convenient and accessible to the consumer. And trust me, there's plenty of money to be made if we we do that at scale in 200 countries. I'm not very concerned about it. So. Yeah. And, and lightning pool and loop and all these things. I mean, I'm so proud of the whole community, man. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it almost brings a tear to my eye. I mean, we've been working on this stuff for so long. Folks at lightning labs, async Blockstream, Bitcoin core. I mean, this is a culmination of this entire community to achieve something like disrupting international fund transfers. It's so surreal. It's so amazing. So tell me again, why lightning loop doesn't make sense. Tell me again, how lightning doesn't work. Tell me again, why the Bitcoin network isn't superior to other monetary networks? Does it, it really just take time for me to build a consumer app and write a medium post for you to understand? But it's, it's vindicating almost of uh, just blood, sweat, and tears from this entire community. It's, it's fucking awesome. So, yeah, I mean, I, th I, I think the news this week is pretty massive. And the fact that it came like on the tails that OCC uh, clarification earlier where banks are now legally allowed to use blockchains like bitcoin 
as alternative routing mechanisms uh, when you compare them to ACH or transfer wise, it's pretty crazy. And, and swift too, like competing with those and yeah. And the price going up to at the same time, like I guess the point I'm trying to get to is like compared to 2016, 2017, when the protocol and certainly lightning were not up to snuff for, for taking on a large amount of capital and then a large number of individual users like this time around, how do you, do you think the protocol is more ready? The infrastructure is more ready lightning. Do you think lightning is ready for this type of mainstream attention? Uh, I do. I mean, the coolest thing about a Bitcoin is it's software. And so if it's not ready, then we'll just write more code and make it ready. Uh, so yeah, I think it it's ready and it's so cool. So the reason that like Matt also made a subtle but really important point that this is an open network that everyone can be interoperable with. So if Chase Bank reads my Medium post and is like, fuck, uh, we should do that, then they put up their own lightning nodes and now Strike and Chase can talk to each other. Right. So we, we, I mean, the fact that it's an open network, you, you literally can't compete with that. And that's going to expedite the timing of this crossover. So if TransferWise implements this, that's good for Strike. That means Strike users can be interoperable and connect to TransferWise users. You know, like Bottle Pay, it seems to be doing like maybe the exact same thing. And people are like, are you scared? Are you mad that they're copying you? No, not at all. I'm not at all. Right now, I don't know if they're launched or not. But a strike user can send money to the UK. Do I have a relationship with Bottle Pay? Did we set up some way to talk to each other? No, we're just built on the same open monetary network. It's so fucking cool. That's why the tagline on Strike's website is a more connected world. I think Lightning is going to tie us all together in instant uh, cash finality at no cost. And uh, yeah, if I want to buy a hoodie from Australia, I can do that in the same second and uh, process that payment in, in no cost. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. I know, I know a bunch of freaks have used Strike to use USD to buy merch or shoutouts. Um, yeah, I know. I saw the samurai guys, of course, the 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 most hard knock motherfuckers at the park, uh, telling everyone they're pussies. Um, they're like, "What? Oh, you're scared of using Bitcoin the asset?" Let me be clear. I, I also use Bitcoin the asset, and if you don't want to use Strike, it's really easy not to. You just don't fucking use it. But Strike is for people that hold Bitcoin the asset and use it to protect their wealth and want to interact and benefit from Bitcoin the network with cuck bucks. It, and then, so yeah, it's really cool that I can make a Bitcoin payment with my US dollars. I don't ever touch my cold storage. Why would I? The cold storage protects my quality of life. The cold storage makes everything around me cheaper. It makes my dreams achievable. I don't touch that. I don't drain my battery. Uh, uh -huh. But to benefit and interact with the Bitcoin network, and get instant cash finality and free international payments anywhere in the world at any time, the collateral I want to use with that is cuck bucks. I have no problem getting rid of cuck bucks. So it's awesome. It's, Strike isn't competing with native Bitcoin payments. It's competing with fiat payments. Correct. Um, and it's using Bitcoin to, to, to make those payments. I um, mean, it allows any Bitcoin user to receive payments from a, uh, a Strike user that, that is only in fiat world. Um, mm -hmm. I want to roll back just a tiny bit because there's this common misconception that I really wanted to hit on, on during this conversation with you. Um, the way Strike interacts with the Lightning Network, there's almost like it's almost like living in two different worlds. Um, like there is, I presume from our previous conversations that we've had, um, that a large amount of your transactions are going through 
private channels with, you know, your partners around the world where you have these large private channels. Um, they're your partners. There's no routing nodes involved. You know that there's going to be no fees because it's just you and the other party. And the nice thing about that is even though it's a semi-trusted relationship, because of the way the lightning spec is, you don't, you, you have greatly reduced counterparty risk. You, you basically don't have to trust them in that relationship, which is fantastic. That's huge. Uh, just like you said, like if you opened um, a, a massive channel with a private channel with bottle pay, um, you can interoper, you have interoperability, but you, you don't really have to trust them. And at the same time, you have low fees. Um, they're basically no fees. But then you also have the, the, the interaction with the greater lightning network when you're paying some random, when you're paying TFTC, when a strike user comes and wants to, to, to pay for the dime bag, they're going to they're gonna enter the, the greater lightning network, the public routing lightning network. And there, at that point, you, you are going through routing nodes and, and presumably, and this is what I wanted to discuss, presumably a fee market should develop, right? Is this what you expect? You expect, you know, routing fees right now are nothing. They're basically yep. nothing, but th that those fees should go up over time, right? Yeah, no, that's true. And uh, as simple as we make it look, there's actually a ton of really fancy work that goes in behind. So we do like multi-path payment probing. I think we're the only team in the world that's built that. And yeah, so when you scan a lightning QR code, we probe the network and get the fee uh, in real time. So we, we essentially send the payment out, but with a dummy hash so that the payment, we know the payment will fail, but the recipient, no one along the a route knows that it's a dummy hash, right? And no one knows that we're plugging in fake data until they try and execute on it. And so we know the payment will fail, but we know that it'll try its best to get to the destination. And that's what probing is. And so we, we, we probe the network, we get the fee. And yeah, sometimes lightning fees are really expensive when a user makes a payment to some random destination. And uh, there is going to be a fee market there and it'll get really, really efficient as uh, this thing gets in more demand. Um, I know like some nodes that are hiking fees up to an abnormal cost uh, and they're allowed to do that because lightning is about gift cards and feeding chickens right now. But as soon as it's the monetary layer for international fund transfer and then soon to be everything else, that's going to be a really efficient market and it'll be fun to see it play out. Uh, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun to uh, build things like MPP probing and stuff like that. Uh, and see it all develop. See, it's fun to see where fees are high, where fees are low, uh, who's who's robbing people on the network. But yeah, no, that's correct. And it, it's also su super, sorry, really quickly, it's really important to note that for the idiots that are like, oh, there's only a thousand Bitcoin on the Lightning Network. No, there's not. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. Trust me, I would know. It's not true. And I also wouldn't know how much there is on the Lightning Network. It's impossible to tell. There is no guarantee. So yeah, there's a, a thousand locked up in public channels or whatever that uh, according to some website um, that <laughs> is guessing. But uh, no, a lot of these are private as they should be. And there's a ton of Bitcoin on the Lightning Network. I support a lot of it on there. And uh, so don't listen to that, bud. Uh, it's nonsense. No, I don't pay attention. I mean, it's weak. Some of the weakest FUD you can throw at Lightning at this point, considering how widely dispersed the knowledge of private channels is at this point. It's just weak and lazy if you're throwing that. But like getting back to like the mechanics of like strike the app and 
how it interacts with the Lightning Network and compares to Swift. Like we do envision a world in which Bitcoin takes over and people are using the Bitcoin network to transact value in a peer-to-peer fashion via third parties, whatever it may be. But we do see it replacing Swift ACH transfer-wise at some point in the future, or at least the the plumbing that that those systems use. And this seems like the first stepping stone sort of integrating that. Because again, the, the, the OCC came out and basically said, all right, you guys can start doing this to replace that tech. So it seems like that trend has started in earnest with what you're building and the go ahead for, for others to, to try to compete, which is something I wrote about when the OCC made that announcement. It was like, I don't think the banks are going to be able to compete with, with the strikes of the world uh, considering uh, their, their tech prowess, which I don't, I don't believe is, is too great at this moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do. So I overmarket on purpose, the whole, like I wear a hoodie, I wear a hat, fuck you suck my dick but i do it on purpose if you hang out with me in real life i'm 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 not that brash i'm a very chill guy but i do it on purpose um because i think the role that is the role strike is playing strike wants to be this like holy shit we gotta pay attention and whether i succeed and strike becomes the biggest thing since sliced bread or i fail i think we're doing our initial job which is enlightening the world and being an education vehicle that this monetary network exists and it's better uh, and it is the future, uh, and that Chase Bank has to pay attention. They have no choice. Swift has to pay atten- attention, or else I'm going to take all the volume from you. I'm going to start streaming dollars as euros in your face. Um, and I think, and that's always been my role as an individual and my company's role. Uh, like, you, you know, I, I, I wear the hoodies and I curse because I think it's important uh, that uh, the, the new suits of the world are people in hoodies that contribute to Bitcoin Core. There's no job interview to tell me how to dress. I can open a pull request and get code uh, appended to the greatest monetary network and greatest asset of all time in a hoodie in my boxers. And there's nothing you can do about it. And so uh, the people on TV, the people that contribute to society in a positive light are going to wear whatever they want and they're going to say whatever they want. And there's nothing you can do about it. There's no intermediary. There's no boss. There's no job interview that can get in my way, tell me how to dress, tell me how to live. And so I do, I, I overmarket it on purpose, but I'm trying to make a point and Strike is trying to make a point. Um, is there a more subtle way that I could get on these podcasts and say that we're disrupting international fund transfer? Yeah, but that would be a disservice to what we're doing. It would be an absolute disservice to what we're doing and what this community has worked for. So yeah, I, 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 think, I think it's huge. I'm going to get on podcasts, I'm going to get on TV, and I'm going to tell everyone that their old monetary networks are full of shit and they suck. And they smell bad. They smell like a retirement home. <laughs> I mean, looking at Swift and just thinking of Swift smells like a retirement home and an old lady, old lady in a dusty hallway with marble that was implemented in 1960 is using a walker with tennis balls at the bottom. That's what Swift smells like. And Strike smells like fucking roses. It smells like a beautiful blonde girl and roses and neat whiskey in the top of a citadel staring at the Sears Tower. That's what Strike smells like. Um, and so, yeah, it'd be a disservice for me to market it any other way. And I think uh, the OCC announcement is so fucking timely and it's a gift uh, from whoever from the clouds. Uh, and yeah, I think Strike's going to be this Trojan horse. And uh, I think people like Jack Dorsey, those are, that's, that's a guy I can rely on to read my blog post and open his eyes and take this thing to the next level. That's more realistically my hope, not uh, fucking Jamie Dimon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean... It just seems natural that 
the Jack Dorsey's of the world and the innovators would, would pick up on this before the banks. It is crazy to see the, uh, the change of narrative within the bank hallways this year alone. They're all like, Oh no, no. now we all have to be in. Um, yeah. Now the, now the price is at $40,000. And it's so cool too, that again, this network works everywhere. And so as cool as it is that I can, you know, I was streaming dollars received as euros to my employee on YouTube, or I was sending 10 bucks. I was getting there instantly. But, uh, what's even cooler is that I can give smaller market individuals that, their quality of life has been absolutely stripped from them. And it's, it's unbelievably sad and uh, devastating to learn. The more you learn about it, the more you want to cry. And we can now give them financial access to the rest of the world in their own version of cash app, which they desperately need. And I think that's so cool. Like even if strike just becomes the El Salvador app, I mean, we'd solve uh, life for millions of people and escrow billions of dollars just with that country alone. So uh, that I, that's one of the subtle but cooler points about strike is that I really hope it takes off and Venezuela, El Salvador, get them in synthetic digital dollar, allow family and friends to support their life uh, and support their everyday wage with free and instant fund transfer. I mean, these people are living on like $5 a week and you can't send $5 to El Salvador. That's a, there's a minimum and the fees are, are horrible. And to go collect that $5, there's a gang that's sitting outside Western Union that's going to beat the fuck out of you if you don't give them half. And now from the comfort of their own home, I can send them $5. It'll get there in the same second and at no cost. And then they now have a synthetic digital dollar to P2P and live on. And uh, we don't need their, their central bank can fuck off. You can inflate everything you want. doesn't matter. We're going to price our, our, the world around us in, in sats and use this new monetary network to survive. And yeah. uh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, and it's one thing that really... Got driven home to me when I had uh, Michael from Bitcoin Beach down El Zante um, in El Salvador talking about the journey that some of these people take to Western unions. They have to hop on a bus. They have to pay for that, spend hours on the trip just to get money that's being remitted back to them from family members abroad. And just that waste of time alone, just the, the round trip in the bus, four hours for some people, it's just wasted economic opportunity. And if you just download an app and have people use their dollars to send you Bitcoin. And then you mentioned it, a synthetic dollar. So Tether is involved with this too. How does that tie in um, to this and how do, how do users utilize that building, uh, building it into the wallet? Yeah. Well, there's been a few people that are like, you fucking Ethereum shell. It's like, <laughs> let me get something straight. I fucking hate Ethereum. I think Vitalik <laughs> is modern day con man and he's full of shit. Uh, I'm using whatever it is. It's so funny. Someone asked me like, is the tether that you're using on Ethereum or Solana or Selena or on Gabriella? I mean, all these stupid fucking networks that no one gives a shit about. I don't even know. We have a partnership with Bittrex Global. And the point of tether is I need to give these people a synthetic digital dollar. I need to give them their version of cuck bucks. We all have sats in cold storage and then cuck buck cuck bucks acts as collateral for you to interact with society you need something to spend and you need something that doesn't incur that immense volatility to the upside or the downside people are like oh bitcoin's volatile yeah it is it's volatile to the downside and it's really volatile to the upside my dreams got so much fucking more affordable the last two weeks are you kidding i could buy anything in the world if i wanted to at this point right and so you need to store those and have some version of reliable cuck bucks. And 
uh, that's the point of Tether is in, so I don't, we don't like, Strike isn't interoperable with any other network besides the Bitcoin and Lightning networks. Uh, Cuckbox are just used and Tethers are just used and British pounds and euros and Australian dollars. They're all just used as collateral to inter in interoperate and, and integrate with this monetary network. Uh, and so, yeah, if you're in El Salvador, I can't plug into your fintech banking rails. Your bank doesn't have an API. You know, <laughs> if you're in Nigeria, I can, there's no plaid for Nigeria. <laughs> so, yeah, take Tether. Take Tether. It's probably better than your local fiat currency anyway. And you guys just P2P. So when an El Salvador guy who got a $100, I send... Let's walk through a user story. I send $100 from the United States. It lands in El Salvador as 100 tethers instantly and for free. And this is real physical value, real sats that marched across the Gulf of Mexico and got there and did the task in real time. Now, this guy goes and gets a haircut that got his 100 tethers, and they charge him two tethers for that. Now, he has 98 tethers, and the barber now has two more tethers. There's no, like, we didn't use a network for that. We're just ledgering in a database. Like, okay, you now have two more tethers, and you now have two less tethers. And we're just using it uh, as a better version of fiat currency for these smaller markets and these people that don't have access to fiat currency and don't have access to banking APIs and shit like that. So that's how it works. And the, the, the best way to get rid of your tethers is to probably send that use strike to send them to your cold storage or to make a remittance payment. And the best way to get tethers is probably an inbound strike payment. So I think fees now are like 50 tethers to send a tether payment or something. Really? Yeah. That's insane. It's uh, I was gonna say um, I just forgot what I was gonna say. I was gonna say something about oh, it's like having conversation with Matt, Matt Alborg and actually looking at activity in Latin America and Africa. I think it's pretty clear people there's demand for stable coins. Um, people are using them. People need them. I think it's gonna be yeah. This is gonna well, be huge. Uh, I mean, stable I coins think, are inherently in unstable in the long run but there will be this transitionary period where people yeah use it's just a, it's a short-term thing ultimately i mean personally i think ultimately sats you know become the standard unit of value and just people will hold that and you know most of the volatility to be frank is to the upside and i think when people talk about stable coins they really mean they just want to reduce downside risk i don't think upside risk is uh i don't think people really have issues with their with their you know store value increasing in purchasing power um but i think what people don't realize is that this isn't like a use case that Jack just discovered. Like this is a, a massive pain point that people in traditional fintech space have been trying to address for years. And the main reason like a cash app or a Venmo isn't already in Nicaragua or already in one of these South American countries is because they can't get the local banking relationships. So the way he's setting this up is like, you're setting this up in a way to basically just sidestep them. If, if you don't have to deal with the local banking relationships and all of a sudden you can address that market where these other guys couldn't even truck and address it in the first place. Yeah. I mean, I love your comments on this podcast because you're a million miles ahead of everybody. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're saying exactly what I'm doing <laughs> in a very transparent, open way. That's correct. <laughs> How did a 26 year old in a hoodie that's cursing in a women's closet get to 200 countries before a public company like <laughs> PayPal? That's exactly right. I didn't do any banking relationships. I didn't do shit. You know what I did? I spun up a bunch of lightning and Bitcoin nodes all over the world and ensured I was compliant with regulators in that jurisdiction. And I fucking launched it. And it was easy. And it came at no cost. I downloaded free and open source software and I installed it physically all over the world. 
and I'm using a digital synthetic dollar and an open monetary network to solve the world's problems from my bedroom. And that, that screams innovation. That screams that the tooling that we have as human beings is rapidly increasing and getting better. Uh, and so that's exactly right. Yeah. Why is Cash App not in El Salvador? A lot of reasons. Why can't I spin up a lightning node in El Salvador? I can. I did. It was easy. Yeah. Giving middle fingers to the haters from your uh, from your desk in your bedroom <laughs> is is an incredible thing. No, and it's and again, like for any of you freaks out there, maybe relatively new to this podcast, you're joining us because the price going up is is catching your attention. You're trying to learn more. That's really what we're highlighting in this episode, and what Jack's highlighting lately highlighting in the the products that he's making is both sides of the innovation. I mean, there's multiple sides, but particularly two sides of the innovation of Bitcoin is sats as a store of value, the store of your life force. And then the Bitcoin network as this literal step function improvement in the software infrastructure to move money around the world. Like you don't need these banks. You can, you don't need to ask permission, even though I'm sure you've had to get permission from regulators to a certain extent, but you don't need to ask permission of a boss at a bank to build something compatible with swift or ach you can just interact with this public protocol and build dope products yeah let, th let me explain another so i i have this common joke now like all my high school friends and hometown friends are like you know seeing the bitcoin price and seeing me on fox i'm like dude oh my god what do you do and my my like best answer is I build regulatory arbitrages. That's all I say. It's just like a, it's just a joke back to them. Like they're not gonna understand what that is, but it is what I do. Uh, one of my favorite, and I'm just arbitraging everything, right? Like uh, to Matt's point, you guys need banking relationships in El Salvador. Well, I'm using free and open source software to plug into an open monetary network. That's just a massive arbitrage to achieve what we're all trying to achieve the same thing and I'm doing it cheaper, faster, better. Uh, another clever one is if you think about how these strike payments internationally work, uh, immediately um, my CBO uh, at, at strike and at zap here was like, well, isn't like the, when I initially, I was like, dude, I think we can do free and instant international payments anywhere in the world at any time. And he responded, well, you know, if we do do that, isn't the bank of England going to be like, all right, any incoming strike payment, we're going to tax at 10% and we're not going to allow this kid to take over the world. And so they're actually, if you think about how it works, they're not allowed to because all that's happening is in the United States, the dollars are being bought into Bitcoin and then the Bitcoin is then being sold into British pounds or into euros. And so all I'm doing is buying and selling Bitcoin. And if you guys are going to ban that, there's a lot bigger problems the world's going to deal with than strike. If you're going to ban access to buying and selling Bitcoin, then you're just fully attacking Bitcoin. But all we're doing is buying and selling Bitcoin. We have no, we have no notion of the Forex exchange rate. There's no intermediary that can get in the way and stop the strike network. All I'm doing is buying and selling sats in an automated programmatic fashion in real time. And I'm totally routing around any Forex regulation. Everyone was like, dude, you cannot operate in Forex. The regulation required the this required, the middleman, they're going to tax you. They're going to throw you in jail. You can't turn dollars to euros instantly without asking for permission. And I was like, you're right. I'm not. I'm not dealing with Forex. I'm not doing dollars to euros. I'm doing dollars to Bitcoin to euros. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> there's nothing anyone can do about it. Uh, and I don't operate in the Forex land. You guys in your Forex land and all your suits and all your rules and all your fucking fees, 
You guys have fun. I deal in Bitcoin and there's nothing you can do about it. And it's, it's the best. It's the best. Uh, and so that's another really subtle arbitrage uh, point of why, why hasn't anyone else streamed dollars as euros to their employee? Why isn't anyone else paying their employee every five seconds? Well, <laughs> that's kind of hard. There's a lot of friction to do that unless you use the Bitcoin and Lightning Network. Then it comes easy. Then that's a script that you write after dinner with a glass of wine. Uh, Mr. Felton, who gets paid every five seconds, he wrote that script in a day easy money you know <laughs> fucking awesome well that's well that's why i'm happy you're going big and doing this at such a big scale right away because there's even if the from what it seems i haven't used it yet personally i've just seen the videos and the, the demonstration you did yesterday turning dollars into euros instantly like it, it if that works at scale which i assume you're confident it will uh that is a ux that is a step function improvement on the incumbent and so that you have like a quasi uber situation where like everybody's like hey i want to use this it's better if the regulators do try to step in in the future it's like you're really going to take the step step function improvement and moving this money away from people who need it most arguably too because it's doing remittance the most people in pretty pretty piss poor situations in, in countries around the world yeah. Hey, if you want to, if you want to stop strike international transfers, then you have to stop the ability for the individual to buy and sell Bitcoin. And so then you're going to get a pissed off Jack Mallard. You're going to get a pissed off Michael Saylor, Jack Dorsey. You're going to get a pissed off everyone. And so good luck. Too late for that, buddy. Um, if you guys want to stop Bitcoin, you should have tried maybe in 2009. It's far too late for that. Uh, and so, yeah, get with it or get lost at this point. Um, and everything I'm doing, if you unpack strike, it's actually deathly simple. It's really simple and subtle, but immensely profound when implemented and deployed, obviously. And, and devil's in the details. And I'm so proud of my team for executing on it. But I mean, it's simple, man. We're, we're just buying and selling SaaS all over the world. That's all we're doing. <laughs> Whew. Have you got, had time to breathe at all the last couple of weeks? Are you breathing now after the big announcement? Barely. <laughs> I haven't really slept. I'm been like just slugging rosé has been getting me by just like drinking rosé at the bottle there's all-time highs and interviews and stuff uh, <laughs> but it's fun man i'm having a blast uh and i i'm so again i'll say it like so proud of the whole community there is something about this you you just feel like we're achieving change in society that we've been fighting for and uh i listen i of course to all the rhrs and when mac gets fired up about you know, they are going to, you know, we can talk about the Secretary Mnuchin stuff. They are going to start to come after all of us and try and, and take privacy and human rights away from us. And we should stay on guard. There's rarely a time to celebrate. Uh, and there's still too much of the world to change to lose any amount of focus. Um, but there is a sense of just like, you kind of look around and you're like, man, we, we really are fucking doing it. We really are. Of all the pep talks we give ourselves in the mirror, we, we, it feels good. It feels like the world is better today than it was yesterday, than it was last month, last year, last 10 years. Uh, and I feel a part of that. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Never get complacent freaks, but do at times take the time to take a step back and, and calibrate how far we've come and the opportunities that lie before us, which are pretty great. And yeah, it is scary. So that's like the other weird thing. Like you have this OCC letter come out. I think that's like the 10th time I said OCC on this episode. I'm sorry, freaks, which was in my mind, extremely positive earlier this week. And then what do we have? 60 
2,000 comments going to FinCEN right now um, due to this regulation they want to ninja launch on the industry. Like the, the lack of clarity and continuity between regulators is just fucking annoying, if anything. It's like a huge annoying. I, how annoying is it for you, like building all this shit? Yeah, well, super quickly, I also want to make the point of like all of the things that's changing around us for the better in Bitcoin's place in the world, rightfully so, and how it's improving on the quality of life for all of us. That's everyone's doing. If you're listening to this podcast, that's because of you. And don't let anyone take that away from you. Bitcoin has this brand that if you're associated with it, you're a criminal or you should be guilty. It's not something you should bring up in common conversation. That's bullshit. Bitcoin core devs, lightning devs, strike devs, the everyday person that informs everyone else, works hard to educate you too. This is all of your doing. Everyone should be proud. And I'm proud of everyone listening to this. We did it and we're doing it and we're going to keep doing it. We're going to change the world. And don't let people make you feel guilty for owning sats. Don't make, don't let people look at you weird for being interested in the lightning protocol. Fuck you. Don't let them take that away from you. You earned this. You did this. You're changing the world, whether you just average stack sats in your free time and listen to tftc or whether you dedicate your whole life to building on bitcoin core i don't care you're part of this you're authoring this bitcoin is a solution humanity built it's not a gold mineral fucking piece of metal that the planet pooped out that we decided is a store of value no we built this with our fucking hands and we memed it into existence and i'm proud of everyone for that anyways don't let them take it away from you secretary mnuchin I got to unwind yes. and uh, unjackify myself. Uh, as the CEO and founder of a money service business, uh, it is um, frustrating. It's unfortunate. And, uh, but what I told my team is, is hey, listen, I, I literally had, had a meeting. Um, I knew this was coming long before the public did. Uh, and I told my team, you know, you guys take the amount of time you want to cry about it. And, it, and I meant that. 10 seconds, 10 minutes, 10 hours, whatever you need to, I mean, it's, it's immensely unfortunate. It was a blatant, uh, it was blatantly disrespect and malicious that he did this uh, over the holidays, the time frame, uh, every contextual property and detail uh, of this proposal is disrespectful and harmful um, to all of us here operating in this space and operating money service businesses. And so I told my team, you guys take what you need um, we just got punched in the chin. And if you need ice, if you need to cry about it, uh, if you need to lay down, do it. But then we get up and we get to work. This team, we hold ourselves to an immense quality. We're here to change the world and we don't take anything less. And any task that's put in front of us, we, we're going to do it. We're going to accomplish it. And not only we're, are we going to do it, we're going to do it well. And, you know, we all looked at each other. We got each other's backs and let's get to work. And so we're studying the proposal and I can't make any uh, official comments until uh, anything is finalized, but we have a really creative and clever solution that involves BTC pay. And, and I have absolutely no fear uh, that we're going to overcome this. And if Mnuchin wants to give me a new rule, I'm going to build another regulatory arbitrage. <laughs> your ass on that. That's what I do. I'm best at that. And so it's massively unfortunate. I don't think it's fair as an individual and as a business, we violently disagree, but of course we're going to comply. We're going to comply uh, and we're going to do it in the best way. You can rely on the strike team that anything we do, we're going to do it extremely well. And we got your back and we're going to do the best thing we can. So, well, it's unfortunate. It's unfair. 
slimy, but it's also extremely ignorant. Like that letter particularly showed a lack of understanding of how the Bitcoin protocol works and how those proposed rules could be easily routed around. Yeah, well, let's be clear here. Um, I I don't think the intended goal and what success looks like from FinCEN and the United States Treasury is to give proper oversight and regulation to Bitcoin and this new monetary network. Uh, I think success for them is to get in its way, um, frustrate, and potentially put people out of business um, and uh, potentially halt what is a revolutionary revolutionary technology and asset class um, that's on the brink of absolutely changing the world. And that was their goal. And it's as clear as day. So yeah, do they seem ignorant? It's because they are. Uh, it's because they're not trying to help anyone but themselves. Uh, I think that's that part's obvious. But like I said, before I start getting on a rant, we're, we're going to comply. We're going to do the best we can. Um, and ultimately, over the long term, have faith in government and in regulators to do what's right. I know a lot of people in office that violently disagree with this as well. And uh, um, you know, it, it, again, it's unfortunate for a lot of reasons, but uh, it's not the end of the world. And I, and I don't think anyone should seriously fret over it. Um, we're going to figure it out and we're going to solve it just like we do everything else. Yeah. It's just, it's a temporary speed bump. If anything, the States, exactly. the States uh, attacks on Bitcoin are futile in the long run. And that, yeah, you're playing regulatory arbitrage and jurisdictional arbitrage too. That's, like another thing, if, if the U.S. were to get restrictive and sort of clamp down on Bitcoin companies and users, I don't think anybody would bat an eye at moving or not. I think a lot of people would move. Certainly people would bat an eye at moving. Um, but I think you would see an exodus of talent, which I don't think the U.S. can afford at this particular point in time specifically. Yeah. I mean, if anyone in... Uh government power is listening if you overregulate us the strike team's going elsewhere you can bet your ass that and uh and we already have many entities i mean in order to launch this product all over the world strike has many entities and businesses all over the planet and uh we'll just get up and move and uh so be careful watch what you say <laughs> you're gonna you're asking you, you don't want what you're asking for you don't want Jack Dorsey, Jack Mallers, all of us to get up and leave. Trust me. Well, and that like, hey, munching butts, if you're listening, any government officials, if you're listening, anybody with power over policy, I guess you could say, it makes sense to cooperate. Just cooperate with us. Adopt the Bitcoin standard. Make SATs your your standard as well. Like it, it, it'll benefit everybody in the long run, including like it's a perfect like we have social cohesion at all time lows right now we don't like people rushing the capital and like you mentioned in the beginning of the episode i think we would argue that this stems from poor monetary policy and government overreach slowly but surely over the course of decades like this is your if you're a politician right now and you actually want to go down in history as somebody who's respected and remembered well like adopting a bitcoin standard is probably one of the number one things you could do or being been, uh, positive towards Bitcoin and helping your citizens or the citizens of the country that you, know, you are a politician in. 
get Bitcoin and make Bitcoin part of your economy, you'll go down in the history books as, as a great man or woman um, trying to perpetuate the fiat system and push us down this surveillance state road. You're not going to look good uh, in posterity. Like think about your long-term reputation. All the politicians listening to this, just just food for thought. Yeah, well, I would also add on to that and say, what's your long-term plan? Because <laughs> you know, anyone that learns to understand Bitcoin realizes you don't have a choice. So, <laughs> so you know what Secretary Mnuchin has done. It it smells and reeks of utter panic. I mean, it smells and reeks for someone to shotgun that you know, 30 days before they're leaving office in such a manner, it just screams as panic, uh, disorganized, uh, lack of understanding, uh, ignorant, all of the things. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's, uh, I would ask, you know, what's your long-term plan? Where do you want this country in a hundred years? Uh, not on January 21st, uh, but politicians, unfortunately, the incentive isn't for them to think about that. But uh, I don't think governments have a choice. I think eventually uh, the world is going to unfold uh, as it should. Time is the ultimate truth teller. So I'm not sure. I would encourage them to do everything you said. But on the back half, I'm not sure they have much of a choice given enough time. Right. Submit. Checkmate. Has checkmate. Have we, have we reached checkmate yet? In the, in the long-term geopolitical game theory, maybe. Who knows? I need to watch my watch my mouth, watch my tone when I talk about this type of stuff nowadays. <laughs> but we'll see. Did you did you find time Damn. to watch? Did you find time to watch the Queen's Gambit throughout all this? No, dude. I actually haven't. So I have my chest set behind me. Can you see? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't. Um, I heard it's great though, and I'm glad chess is getting. Uh, some spotlight it's an awesome game love that game have you been able to play chess at all throughout all this oh dude chess is like my uh modern day stress ball instead of like squeezing a stress ball i just play one minute chess online when i'm stressed out (laughs) it's awesome so yeah i play chess online like all day every day when i'm not working it's uh it's my favorite hobby that's something i need to get more into that's one thing i miss about new york being able to hop off the L train at Union Square and see everybody playing chess. Yeah. It's, uh, uh. When I, uh, Love so chess. I, I did go to college for like 60 days or something. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, my campus was in Queens, New York. And I would ditch class, every single class. And I would train to New York City and play chess in the parks for like 12 hours and then come home, go to sleep. And eventually, like, just left college. But it was my favorite thing to do. I would just hang out with the homeless all day and uh, play chess and eat chicken wings. It's awesome. <laughs> look, at, look at you now. <laughs> oh, I miss, I miss those days, man. Maybe I need to go back oh. when the world open up, opens back up. <laughs> That's another thing. When are, they gonna, when are we opening it back up? Matt, when are we opening it back up? Why are you bringing me in at this point of the conversation? I don't know. I mean, it depends where you live. Otherwise, you're you're already open right now. Right. Um. Yeah. The people. I even just at... wanted to. Good. I I just wanted to. You know, you brought up the OCC like 15 times this episode. Um. The freaks who listened to the most recent Citadel Dispatch, I said it was like shit coiner news. 
why is the OCC news bullish? Like to me, it's like reads like something like a, like a Coinbase VC type would be excited about like stable coins for banks. I mean, agreed. Like the focus was on stable coins, but Bitcoin gets thrown under that umbrella too. Like it's a node. I think the specific definition of node verification networks, whatever they refer to them as something like that is like, I don't want to say vague enough, but, Bitcoin would fall under that umbrella and they'd have to single out Bitcoin as a protocol that these institutions wouldn't be allowed to interact with um, for it to be not bullish for Bitcoin, I would imagine. Well, I like, mean, everything is good for Bitcoin, Yeah, but <laughs> I, I question how good this is for Bitcoin. Like I wasn't like super hyped about it. I didn't like Jack's earlier rant got me more hyped than the OCC news. Well, I think it just, again, we're, that's what it was. It was a legal clarification. So people who may have not built products because there was no clarification around this particular ability may go build stuff that makes Bitcoin more useful. I think like the, the timing to me that was so hilarious is all, all I got from the announcement was in more or less words, they're like, hey, you know what? We are open to using new technology for, for better settlement. That sounds kind of cool. But it, it, to me, it read as like, that's cute. A, a Vitalik and his little rants that make no sense and use words that don't even exist. You guys are adorable. Of course we support that. And then I come in and go, oh, do you support that? Let me dunk on your fucking face. And I change the world with it. And so that's why it's bullish is you guys can't backtrack on it now and see exactly. the lightning network and be like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Free instant payments anywhere. You're banking the unbanked. Oh, Jesus Christ. Never mind. Revert, revert. Yeah. It's like, no, I'm glad you thought stable coins were really cute and adorable. And oh my goodness, Vitalik, you're such a genius. And yeah, I'm going to come on the back half of that alley. You can dunk all over your fucking face. <laughs> that's how that's going to work. Yeah. I think, Fair I think enough. the broad, like being able to create a broad definition out of that node verification network definite or description of a blockchain really provides Bitcoin cover. Like Jack just said, yeah, probably have stable coins and ETRC20 tokens on the mind, but Bitcoin yeah. falls into that purpose. I, well. I guess my point is I just don't think like banks are going to be the ones innovating here. No, um, but so, so Jack, that, can, so Jack can go in a, Jack can go innovate and the rule applies to him too. And so the Jacks of the world have more clarification, even though it's, it seems like you weren't waiting for any clarification. You're going to launch it anyway. Um, yeah, it was just, it was just like, uh, oh, you guys are willing to submit and admit to the fact that technology is probably outdated and there may be better ways to do things. Oh, okay. Let me show you. <laughs> exactly. And, and fine. If you guys want to try and replicate strike on the Ethereum network, good fucking luck. I dare you to spin up enough nodes all over the world and to make free instant <laughs> Ethereum payments. Uh, good luck. I'll see you in the year 3021. Uh, good fucking luck with that. Meanwhile, I'm going to launch this product in 200 countries whenever I feel like it. Maybe after this podcast, I'll release it publicly, click the button. Um, and so, yeah, you guys want to see what better technology looks like? Well, I'm glad you're open to it. And I'm glad you're willing to admit the fact that your technology fucking sucks and that you guys are intermediaries that charge fees and delay payments because you were gifted the power for some obscure, odd reason. And now I have an open monetary network that works 10 times better. And I'm glad that you're submitting to that fact. Thank you very much. I'll take the throne from here. Yes, please take the throne from these people literally sucking life force out of the masses via Cantil, the Cantian effect. 
it's uh no that's like the beauty is you're forcing these people these entities in the banking system to realize oh shit like you guys had all the power you're sitting pretty you got all the bailout money you got access to the fed window you're able to to create dollars out of thin air loan it out of interest uh you're resting on your laurels you're all fat sitting back (laughs) next bailout's coming they're printing trillions we're gonna get access to that well guess what this whole separate network is here to fuck up your day and you they literally can't compete that's what i said in the newsletter yesterday it was like these banks aren't going to be able to compete so matt to your point like i agree i don't think the banks are going to be innovating and bringing products to market that most people are going to use but it it sort of creates like a a hole in the regulatory walled garden that the banking system has had for for quite a while that may be like a little loophole that allows startups that are accessing the bitcoin network in a very specific way to to compete but the startups weren't affected by this rule change to begin with right like they were already able to interact with like a like i mean jack you specifically like you this there's no practical change here for you right no yeah we were going to launch it anyway i think the what behind closed doors what everyone was talking about was is circle fucked basically is that the united states is i I swear to god that was transparently like the conversation (laughs) it was like the united states is going to come down hard on stable coins you can't just issue and give access to u.s dollars without the federal reserve and the united states government having anything to do about it and it was how are they going to come how are they going to come hard like where where's the regulation going to exist who's allowed to do what and that announcement and clarification from the OCC was just their opinion on like, here's where we stand before this shit gets out of hand and gets messy is like, this is our opinion. This is where we stand. And we're generally supportive of the idea of better technology. So yeah, we were going to launch no matter what they, they can't do anything about the lightning network, but I it, for me, it's just more of like the overarching point of like, okay, I'm glad you guys think that's cute. And I'm glad you're open to better technology because let me show you better technology. I'll, I'll take the mic from here. And uh, yeah, it's my favorite thing. Like, you know, to, to both your points, like, yeah, people are going to have to innovate and keep up. Uh, They're not going to have a choice. And, but my favorite thing is like, people are like, oh man, transfer, transfer wise is going to have to lower their fees. (laughs) I just started laughing, like lower their fees. (laughs) Yeah. Transfer wise is going to have to find a way to get a U.S. dollar, this piece of paper, piece of shit paper over an ocean in one second and at no cost. What are they going to you know, hire a private jet at create a teleportation and get US dollars to London instantly and for free? Lower their fees. They're going to have to change their entire <laughs> business. Lower their fees. Get the fuck out of here. Everyone's going to have to adopt and, and be interoperable and plug into this new monetary network. You don't have a choice. It's not about your fees. Um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. I'm excited. Yeah. Well, thank you for crushing it. You're again, lay low, put your nose to the grindstone, get NFL, MLB, NBA players putting some of their paycheck in Bitcoin via strike. And then, Hey, you know what? I'm going to launch this global remittance network as well at the same time. So you just came out of nowhere and I didn't even give me a warning, dude. (laughs) <laughs> we we all have though and, and like i said if you unpack strike uh it's really simple if you unpack bitcoin it's really simple um and we've all just been nose to the grind educating building and memeing a better world 
And uh, yeah, I have that feeling for everyone. I'm proud of you two. I'm proud of the community. I'm proud of my parents. I'm proud of, I'm proud of everyone, man. Uh, I think, yeah, this is all deserving and uh, it's fucking awesome. Proud of, proud of everyone. We're proud of you too. <laughs> are, are, you are you winning, son? I feel like the dad that's checking in on Jack every once in a while. Like, are you winning, son? Are you winning the game? Yeah, I've got my phone is ringing now with uh, all these uh, professional athletes are watching my rants and they're all that. That's the other thing I heard Matt say it. I don't remember what which podcast or medium, but that there's like a brand switch happening where stacking sats is fucking cool now. That's where the cool right. kids hang out. That's where LeBron James Dude, hangs out. He's Tobias. Sats. Tobias Harris was tweeting about it last night. Like, yes. Yeah, like yeah, like this is the cool kids hang out here, have cold cards and stack sats to their cold storage. That's not a nerdy thing anymore. Oh, you, you take your paycheck and you put it in cuck bucks and chase you fucking loser. You get no pussy fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> fucking professional athletes and people that live out their dreams and drive nice cars and live in citadels. Our paychecks go to cold cards and cold storage in the form of sats to protect our quality of life, baby. And that, that's where the cool kids are now. I love it. The Kings of clout, man. It's, it's going to be insane to see how quickly this seeps further into our culture. Like, like how many, how many utterances of sats makes it into, to raps this year? Are you bullish on, on sats and raps in 2021? Yeah. You know what I wanted to do? And I wonder now if I have the audience for it is when Bitcoin hit like some milestone, like 50 K or hundred K or something. I wanted to, tweet out to all my uh favorite rappers like <laughs> i will pay you in sats if you make a bitcoin song with me i'll pay whatever you charge like drake you like 100k like soon to be 100 million sats or whatever fine done <laughs> deal if you make a bitcoin song with me i'll do it <laughs> i think that that's like I used to say that to my parents as a joke. And I think nowadays we can probably, the community can probably fund top artists to rap about how they drive nice cars because they stack sats. It's true. The guy with the nicest car is going to be the guy that's been stacking sats his whole life and protecting the quality of his life with better money. And uh, I fucking love it. I'm bullish as fuck on everything. And, and it's the fact that it's happening so fast is so on point. Like markets and change doesn't wait for anyone. You know, there, there's no, oh, yo, time out, time out. This is going a little too fast. I mean, the world changes before you know it. Markets are going to run away from you before you know it. It's just the way it is. And uh, being able to live through that uh, is such a blessing. I feel so lucky to be alive right now. Uh, it, it's just the fucking best. I, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Yeah, you got to pinch yourself when you wake up these days. It's crazy. I mean, the amount of when's the pullback coming texts I'm getting right now makes me feel like it's going like, to just go to levels we couldn't even fathom quicker <laughs> when's than we the could correction imagine. like literally i've gotten 10 of those texts today i'm like stop stop texting me about this please yeah i keep responding the same fucking thing i've been responding the same fucking thing for three years now <laughs> four years now to some of these people yeah just keep buying just keep stacking sats keep building bitcoin is hope it is hope look at the soul that Jack brought to this podcast today. Pure soul. There's a soul that knows it wants to change the world, that things are fucked up and we have the ability to fix it. More people are starting to realizing this. As we sit here today on January 7th, 2021, 
Uh, it may seem like the world is going to shit, but if you know where to look, there's very, very exciting and beautiful things going on. And I'm happy uh, to be sitting here having this conversation with you two gentlemen today. Couldn't have said it any better, man. Absolutely. Immensely grateful. Yes. Well. Appreciate you both. Appreciate you too, Jack. Is there anywhere you want to send the freaks um, as you roll out strike? Uh, any any information you want the freaks to to look at to get access to? Um, not really. I all you guys can uh, message me on Twitter. I I try and I read every message. Uh, email me. Uh, hit me up if you need me. If you need anything. Uh, and global.strike.me. I I cannot unleash this thing uh, to two hundred countries. Uh, at once because I just don't have the balance sheet and the firepower. I am doing this all out of my bedroom. So I have to do it gradually over the next month or so. So sign up, help me test it. Seriously. Let me know where you're from. Uh, let me know what countries I need to go to first. Tell me your story uh, and I'll give you access and let you test and uh, global.strike.me. And then there at soon thereafter, uh, we'll launch it around the world and uh, we'll see what happens. But uh yeah, hit me up. I appreciate and love uh, this community so much. We're changing the world, and don't let anyone tell you different. Yeah. Keep crushing it. Proud of you, Jack. Peace and love, freaks.